Thank you so much, Renee. So we're we're teaching through Jonah, right? In this, and it's called um, Journey with Jonah. And so, as we looked at last week, looked at just the first three verses, right? That uh, of this story, and it's a story that demands your participation in it. And as I said last week, right? If, you, if you're reading this story, this this scripture from the Old Testament or the First Testament, however you want to describe it. I love how a number of writers describe it and say it's a parable with a prayer in the middle. And with any kind of parable, we are trying to figure out what is the driving point of the whole thing. And we will get there, right? Because we'll have the chance to look at the whole context and, and be able to grasp what's this all about. But I also believe that this story is also prophetic. I mean, Jesus used it himself in a prophetic way and said uh, the sign of Jonah would be the one that would would uh, would be shown that Jesus would show himself, right? The the miracle that Jesus would do would be the sign of Jonah. So I, I, I want us to look at a portion of this story in a prophetic sense. And when I mean prophetic, I, I mean this in the way that God wants to speak to us in. Where God wants to speak out loud to us, right? Or speak into our hearts, right? Who wants to foretell to us a truth, right? That fourth tell, right, really? To forth tell something that is so true for our good. And so that's, that's where I want us to go. And today, we are just looking at the storm, right? We're just looking at this storm and, and uh, that's all we're gonna look at. And so just one caveat before we just take a quick peek at this storm, because it is a parable, that's how I, other people have looked at this story, right? Uh, we, we understand that in this story, God sends the storm. And, and we're going to try to place ourselves here and, and talk about storms that we're in. And that could derail us a little bit when we begin to ask the questions, who caused the storms that we're in right now or the storms that we've experienced in our lives? Right. And that the answer to that is multifaceted. <laughs> Sometimes I cause the storms of my life. Right. Or sometimes others cause the storms of my life. Sometimes it's the brokenness of this world that causes the storms of this life. And maybe sometimes the answer is God causing the storm. So it's multifaceted. I believe that there is brokenness that causes storms and I know that God is good. So hold that in hand in this parable. It's not meant to be this theological teaching that every storm that is in there is in God's hand doing that. Now, again, you can, um, that is a question, right, to wrestle through. But it's not the question we're wrestling to today. <laughs> but we are wanting to find ourselves the storm, right? And that's what this story is about, the storm. And in the storm, right, in this environment, we will either lose our lives or we're saved. There's no way to be a pure spectator in a storm. And what I found so interesting about this story of storm, I mean, could we not say, church, that in the last year, every one of us has been in a storm of some kind? COVID in itself was a storm, right? And no one was a spectator in this storm. And not only COVID, Right? There were storms of this last year of racial injustice and the battles that were going on, the storm that many experienced through the election that came up, tons of storms that people have found themselves in. And not as spectators, but as participants. And so storms, they're trouble. 
right? At least extreme storms are. They're storm trouble. And they, they strip us of the essentials. And in, in a sense, it, they reveal the basic realities of our lives. And that's what storms do. They, they strip us of those essential things, right? Of those essentials, but, but they reveal the realities of our lives. And so if we look at the story of Jonah, that's kind of what it does. So once this storm hits, Jonah is finally out of control. Because up to this point, Jonah has been grabbing a hold of control. God tells him to go to Tarshish. That's where this whole story begins. And Jonah flees from the face of God, the presence of God. Oh, sorry, sorry, God tells him to go to Nineveh. Right? And Jonah says no, and he goes to Tarshish instead, the opposite direction, another 2,000 miles further. He, he boards on a ship. He buys it. This is, this is a trip that would potentially take a year. And so Jonah pulls up all of the means necessary in order to pay for the voyage of this trip and for these sailors to go on this. Jonah is choosing the destination, right? Jonah is in control or has had under the illusion that he is, right? Like, hey, I'm, I'm going this way. I'm going to take some things in my own hands and I'm going to go for it. But the storm reveals this. Jonah's not in control. Right? And as the storyteller tells us, it's God's storm and it'll be God's salvation or God's non-salvation depending on how the story ends. But in this, Jonah's will and Jonah's money mean nothing. And so those essentials are stripped away, right? And it reveals the reality of Jonah. And that story also reveals another interesting reality in the life of Jonah. That's so interesting. As, as Renee was reading the story, I don't know if you caught this. This storm hits. There's a number of sailors. Some believe because this was a, this was a voyage that would take a year that there was probably about 70 sailors that it was taking to move this, this voyage across the sea. Right? Um, and so they're terrified, Jonah's sleeping, and in their terror, they're praying. They're praying to their gods, right? And they, they go down to the, the hold of the boat. They wake up Jonah, and they're like, how can you be sleeping? Pray to your God. But does Jonah pray to his God? No. Jonah is prayerless. They, the captain of the boat says, pray to your God. Maybe your God would hear us. And then even when they find out what the issue is, and they say, How, what do we do? What do we do? Jonah's only solution is to throw him overboard. So here was the reality of Jonah. He was a prayerless prophet, even at the time when all these other sailors are praying. Don't you find it kind of funny that even in this story, the sailors are praying to Jonah's God? And Jonah's like, throw me overboard. They row with all their might to, to try to get out of the storm, and it keeps getting worse. And they're like, oh, God, you've caused this. Forgive us, right? When we throw this guy over, you've got your reasons. They pray, but Jonah is silent. So it's so interesting. Our, the storms of our lives reveal things, right? They have the opportunity to reveal the basic realities of our lives. And today that's what we're hoping for, right? That we could take a moment and to see potentially what God would want to reveal because they reveal more than just basic realities. I think the stories also reveal God. Today I've um, invited some friends to be a part of this with me. I've met Kyla and Luke Paraventi. Um, they are missionaries 
in the Czech Republic. Uh, they have been living in Ferndale. That's how I got in. Uh, we, we crossed paths during COVID. So I found that they were in uh, Ferndale and we've been talking and we kind of become friends. And as I was meeting with them, that I, I, I liked them, right? I, uh, I loved how they were living. And what's so interesting is, yes, they're missionaries, but in essence, they're living just like every one of us wants to live. You know, one of our values at Genesis is that um, we are missionaries, every one of us. And so they're living that reality in the Czech Republic and wanting to invite the other Jesus followers in the Czech to live into that kind of life in the Czech Republic. They are followers of Jesus. They are from the Metro Detroit and they just happen to be in the area for a few more months before they return, God willing, to the Czech Republic. And so let me uh, um, throw you guys up here with me. Once I find you, ah, there you are. And so this is Luke and Kyla Paravini. And I asked them, I was like, hey, um, th these are people who, like us, are trying to live into that calling. And they have said yes to it, right? And for them, that call said, go to the Czech Republic. And in, in this life of theirs, they have experienced some storms. And I was just like, hey, would you guys um, share a storm with us? And so that's what they've come here prepared to do. I have no clue what storm they're going to talk about. Um, but I asked them to do so. And so would you welcome with me? This is Luke and, and Kyla. So guys, if you want to unmute and, yep. and uh, share, that'd be awesome. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate just the ability to share. Um, so yeah, we've been in Czech Republic for the last four years where we've actually been there with our two sons. We have a five and a three-year-old and Kyla's actually pregnant with our third on the way. So when we go back to Czech Republic, Lord willing, we will have our third one with us. But um, in preparation for going and kind of following that call, um, we had to get prepared. So we had to go around and fundraise and find financial partners and prayer partners about five, six years ago. And for Kyle and I, we are we felt really strongly about that call that we from teenagers felt like we had a call to go overseas to be these long term missionaries that that was just the calling that God put on our hearts. So we went into that kind of fundraising time thinking, well, God has called us to this. He's going to make sure everything goes smoothly. It's going to be really easy. It's going to be comfortable. It's in God's hands. So it's like, it's going to be fine. It's no problem. And it was basically the exact opposite of that. It like totally felt like Jonah storm the whole time that it was just every step forward was met with multiple steps back. There was different financial surprises that came up that we weren't expecting. Kyla was pregnant with our first son at that time. And there was a lot of different medical problems. She was fainting multiple times. We had a Bible study at a church and she actually fainted in the middle of the Bible study. So it was just a mess the whole time. I've, I was dealing with depression during that time. Kyla was dealing with anxiety during that time. And it just felt like this is a storm that is completely out of our control. And we kind of asked ourselves, because it was like, all right, God, you called us to this. And we feel like this is the path that we're on, but are we on the wrong path? Like, are we going the opposite direction and you're trying to bring us back? Is that what, like the message that we're getting? We just did not know what to do, but we kept praying and we kept being reminded that God did call us to that. And that, yes, there was storms. Yes, there was never a promise that it was going to be easy or simple, but God did provide for us. We did end up getting to Czech Republic and we learned so much about ourselves and our own spiritual journey through that. In April of 2017, we finally got our visas to go to Czech Republic after two years of this fundraising process and wanting to get there. Um, 
So we knew this is the time. This is when God wants us to go. But I was seven and a half months pregnant with our second son at this point. And it was kind of really hard because I had never stepped foot in Czech Republic. I had never been to Europe. Um, and then I had to kind of face this idea, oh, I'm going to have this baby in a month and a half and I can't speak the language. I can't do anything. Um, but we said, you know, God, this God's opened the door. He's going to give us peace. It's going to be fine. So we went and I got to the hospital and it was when I was going to have my second son, Owen, and it was anything but fine. Um, it was a really hard time. Luke was not allowed to be with me. Um, I had to stay extra because our son had a few physical problems. Um, and then on top of that, I couldn't speak the language at all. I couldn't even say baby. I couldn't say help. Uh, Czech Republic used to be under the Soviet regime. And so the hospitals kind of haven't really recovered from that. They still kind of have this communist uh, look to them and the way that they treat patients. And so I had to bring my own water. I had to bring my own food. I had to bring my own toilet paper everything. The showers don't even have shower curtains. I shared a room with three other moms. So there are four of us with babies in there. And it felt like, God, I, you were supposed to be here with me. This was supposed to be something where it would be easy and you take care of me. And it didn't feel that way at all. I felt lonely. I couldn't see my family. I couldn't see Luke. Um, and I felt a little bit abandoned in this storm. When we I got out of the hospital after a week of being there, um, I looked back on it and I said, this is something I'll always be able to look back on and say, well, God got me through that because I did, I made it. Um, and through these past four years that we've been in Czech Republic, there's been a lot of times that I've had to look back and be like, this is hard what I'm going through right now, but I got through that hospital. God got me through that. There's been personal storms and there's been ministry storms. My friend, my Czech friend invited me to go camping with her and I thought, oh, that'll be fun. This will be a great thing. And so I said, okay, I'll go camping with you. And she said, let's do a mom's camping trip. I was like, okay, that'll be a little bit more challenging. I don't know how to set up a tent, but I feel like this is an opportunity to have a chance to talk with her about Jesus. So yes, I'm going to go camping. And so I thought it would be a weekend trip. So I asked her, you know, how long are you thinking about going, wanting to do this trip? And she said, how about we go for a month? I was like, I can't leave my, my husband for a month so, and leave my job. So how about we do a week? That seems like a fair compromise. So my friend had three kids. She had three kids, one of which was a newborn at the time. We went camping and I brought one of my sons. I left one son home with Luke because I couldn't handle more than that. Uh, and we all went camping and it was hard. It was really hard. Um, she, my friend had this newborn and she was having me take care of it the whole time because she was totally overwhelmed. Um, I discovered that when, when checks go hiking, it is much harder than an American hike. They are much more fit. They know what they're doing. I was in over my head. And so was my, my little son. Um, but one day I was standing on the beach and I was watching all the kids and my friend was not around. And I was already frustrated because I hadn't had any opportunities to talk with my friend about Jesus. And that was just because we had a newborn we were taking care of. We had three other kids on top of that. There was just no time to talk about serious things. So I was watching the kids playing in the lake, holding my friend's baby. And I was rocking the baby, watching the kids in the water. And all of a sudden, there'd be these black dots on the water. 
And then I looked down at the baby and the baby was covered in these black little bugs. And I was like, what is this? I'm trying to get them off the baby. I looked out in the water and it was literally a storm of bugs. Like I couldn't see the kids in the water. There were so many bugs. The kids come running out of the water. My son was like rolling on the ground at my feet, trying to get the bugs off. I can't wipe them off because I'm holding the baby, trying to get the bugs off the baby. Like, where is these kids' mom? She's nowhere to be seen. And in that moment, I was like, God, you wanted me to go on this camping trip. You told me to be here. I was going to be able to tell her about G- you and Jesus. And it didn't happen. Uh, the bugs lasted for hours. They didn't go away. And it did feel like this point of, why? Why am I here? This storm, it was really hard. Once again, God got me through it. But it's another time when I can say, yeah, God got me through that one too. So I'm just looking over these past really five, six years, there was storms and preparing to kind of follow this calling. There were storms while we were really kind of in the middle of the calling while we've been in Czech Republic. And the one thing that we've really kind of really had to ground ourselves in is just reminding ourselves of that call, that we have been called to love other people. And we, Kyle and I specifically, have been called to go and love the Czech people, to go and share that God loves them with a nation that over 70% of the country believes that there is no God, there is no spiritual world, there could never be a God that would love them. So we feel like that is our specific call, but that has been the one thing that has really just kept us grounded. And the one thing that we can rely on is we have a calling, we have these promises from God. And it has not been easy. There has been storms where we've said, God, please just throw us overboard. Get us out of here. We do not want to follow this anymore, but we still want to follow you. We still want to follow this calling that you placed on our lives because we know that that is the kind of the one thing that's kept us grounded. So that has been what we have learned through our own storms of ministry and even just personal storms. Hey guys, thank you for sharing that storm. I think that's literally called when there's a a, a, a thing of bugs, or if, if if that actually happens with locusts, which it does, it's called a plague. That's like the literal term for it, the science term, right? When that happens, it's a plague. It felt like a plague. Yeah. <laughs> Back in Egypt. Uh, so um, I, I love these connections. I um, I love what. Luke and Kyla are moving their lives to. It's the same thing we're trying to do here, right? And um, you just may get a sense of when we invited them here, I, I know they're still creating um, connection for people for to be praying, to be, uh, be praying for what's happening in the Czech Republic. Um, they still do have some fundraising to be able to achieve for their family to go back over. Um, so I'm gonna throw in their website. If So here's a couple of things just for them. One, you're on this call and you're like, how interesting. I've been to the Czech Republic and I love the Czech Republic. I've been, right? And you feel that that there's just something and something that God has just connected you to that place, right? In Europe. Uh, then I want you to encourage you to um, go to the website. I'm going to throw it up in the chat and um, just subscribe, right? Like you can throw your information and stuff like that. And Or you just sense, oh, the Lord just... You like you, I, for me when I met with Luke and, and Kyla and I was joking with them that I get a lot of emails from people and stuff and some ventriloquists and stuff like that you know who do but I um and I, I met together and my heart was just like oh I like them right and so your heart can just be moved to them and you just want to know more right you just you just care about them the Lord is softening right or it's just like oh it's interesting and so uh, I would love for you to do that or you're just intrigued right you just love to see what God is doing around the world and you want to partner with that so. Here is, um, oh man, let me go back to my notes. I want to throw up their 
just want to encourage you go to oh yeah can you guys want to throw it in the chat i copied it no i'll do it i got it you got it? okay and then for them right so exactly you can go to luke and kyla.com you see that in there there's the hyperlink too um and to kind of keep in touch i've been we've been talking about they they're doing so many similar things that we're trying to do right and they they've been living into this reality in the czech republic with others and i think we've been even talking about maybe even doing a little equipping or a training or something with them and so that could be coming so uh kyla luke thank you thanks oh, thank for your you. vulnerability in that and and god let your kingdom come in the check yeah, amen. And God, in the storm that they, they, you know, that the Czech, Czech Republic is facing with COVID right now, right? And Lord, let your kingdom come. Have mercy. And their needs that they have having their third child, and the financial needs that they have going back. Lord Jesus, help. Amen. Thanks. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. So, um. We want to engage story today. So as even as Kyla and Luke were kind of sharing a, a, about this, right? These kind of reveal different realities of your life. That's what storms reveal. For me, so often the storms, the storm of COVID this last year, really, and with panic attacks for me, revealed so much of like, I'm not in control, right? I'm not. And, and but they also reveal a ton about God. What's really interesting about this story it connects to the story of Acts 27. So similar to the storm that Paul found himself. He was a missionary, right? And God told him, hey, you're gonna go and you're gonna stand before Caesar. Now, it's probably gonna mean your life, but you're gonna proclaim to Caesar about Jesus and you're gonna get there. So Paul is on this journey as a missionary and he's on a boat, he's on a ship as well, right? With 276 people supposedly, some believe there was 76, very similar to the Jonah story. And a storm hits. And on this boat, they had lost hope. Everyone is what Acts 27 says. They had all lost hope. It revealed the reality of like, we're going to die. This storm is going to take our life. And so this is in Acts 27 at verse 19. It says this. The following day, they even took some of the ship's gear and threw it overboard. The terrible storm raged for many days, gliding out the sun and the stars until at last all hope was gone. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left crate. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. Eh, you can read the story more about how Paul told him not to go, right? Because it wasn't safe. <laughs> but he says this, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. So there will be lost, but not lives. For last night, an angel of God, to whom I belong and to whom I serve, stood beside me. And he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God, in his goodness, has granted safety to everyone sailing with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It will be just as he has said. But we will be shipwrecked on an island. In verse 33. Just as day was dawning, Paul urged everyone to eat. You have been so worried and you haven't touched food for two weeks, he said. Please eat something now for your own good, for not a hair on your heads will perish. That's, that's a word of Jesus, right? Alluding to the words of Jesus that are ingrained in Paul. Then he took some bread 
gave thanks to God before them all and broke a piece of it and ate it. Very much like communion, right? And then everyone was encouraged and began to eat, all 276 of us who were on board. After eating, the crew lightened the ship further by throwing the cargo of wheat overboard. So that, that's the story, right? And here's this reality. They thought they were going to die. They, they, they were hopeless, right? And yet Paul is prayerful. And God shows his salvation. Now, there was loss. They lost that ship. They lost their cargo. But God saved them. It's so similar to the Jonah story. They lost cargo and they threw Jonah overboard, but God saved them. That's what salvation is. It's God's longing for the world to know the, the strength of the love of God to redeem us all. And so in our stories, it reveals to us our realities and it reveals to us so much about God. And so in this moment, we wanted to pause and we wanted to send you into some discussions to even to ponder a little bit what God might be wanting to reveal to you or has revealed to you in storms. And so we know that for some that this will be a challenge, but we want to invite you. This is going to be um, a little bit longer of discussion time. There's going to be a leader in there and there's a few questions that they have prepared just about the storms of life. And feel free to engage in, just talking about COVID as the storm. Maybe that's the storm. Or, or if you don't want to share, you can just listen to other people's experiences. But that's what we want you to talk about, your experience, because that's your learning. What's been your reality in those storms and what you've learned about God? But in the end, we do want to get to a spot where we, we could pause and say, what is God saying to us? The prophetic sense, right? That God is wanting to speak to us for our good and for the good of others who loves us. And we believe that all of us are in need of that and we need each other in that. And so I wanna encourage you, would you stay for these groups? We're gonna, we're, at, at, at maximum, they're gonna go 20 minutes. And so if you can, leave your camera on, if you can turn it on and say yes, right, to join a group there's going to be facilitated there who induce themselves and, and guide you in that. For those of you who want to, if you if you want to go, you certainly can. And for those of you who are on Facebook, we're going to throw up the questions there for you, for you can kind of chat there um, about these. Um, but if you're willing to stay, we would love you to have stay on the call. Now, at the end of this time of questions, for those of you who want to stay on the call, you certainly can because we're going to open it up for people just to talk with each other like we normally do. But there's really not going to be anything more. Uh, content-based after the discussions. But but would you stay, and I would pray that God would meet you, right, in hearing the stories of others and would help you perceive maybe the realities of your life and also a greater reality of God in your life currently. So I'm going to open up these rooms, and you just need to say yes. And so as you see that room pop up there for you, you've been invited into a group, just jump into a group, say yes to that. There are seven groups, and a facilitator is going to be there who's going to guide you into it. Um, if you don't say yes to the group, you're just going to be sitting here in this main area, uh, um, sitting here. So you can feel free to turn off your camera if you're wanting to just stay here but not join a group. But I really would love to encourage you to jump into a group and it's gonna last 20 minutes. So feel free to step into it.
groups are in progress. They're going. Nikki, are you able to see your group? Like your leading ones, you just got to say yes to that invitation. I don't have to say yes to the invitation, right? Because it's just going to come up for me. No, you do. You got to say, because you should be in. I see people. Make but sure. I don't have like an option to say yes to a group, but I see my people. Oh, you're unassigned. Let me move you to a group. You need to go to group two. Okay, I'm sending you to group two. Here you go. Okay. Uh, here we go. you and go around you and they'll pass you and it's just you don't want to watch right it, and and i remember being on the road and having three buses so there's a bus in the road you know bus in one lane a bus passing in that bus and then another bus coming around and we're on a two-lane road it was just, you just had to kind of go, oh, yeah, so terrifying. <laughs> you just had, to, you were not in control, that's for sure. So. Hey, I, I had one that I thought of, it was kind of silly. Actually, um, when I, I was about 10 years old and my dad had a motorcycle and we, he had driven it up to my grandparents' farm and then he was letting me drive home with him on the back of it. So it was like about an hour and a half ride. And as so I was excited, right? I'm big enough to be on this hour and a half ride with my dad holding on to him. And we were in the country. And as we're driving on this, I don't know, we're probably going like 50 or something. All of a sudden this dog starts chasing us. And you know, in the country dogs chase the cars. I don't know why they do, but they do. It seemed like every time we went to my grandparents' farm, the dogs were chasing cars, but now my leg is there. And I remember just like panicking, like this dog is going to attack my leg. He, you know, like we could fall off the motorcycle, whatever. Crazy. And my dad, who's, he's an accountant. He's like my, Mr. Mild Mannered, right? And all of a sudden he shouts at the dog and kicks the dog. And next thing you know, like 
moving along. And so it was just funny to me, like how I watched my dad really take care of that situation in a, in a side of him I'd never seen before. But, um, you know, just like, no. Nice to have that protector with you. On yeah, that, yeah. That situation. <laughs> yeah. Mary, no terrifying things? Oh, you know what? I, I did. I, you reminded me of it when we were on a cruise and we were going to get off at, in Palermo, was it? I don't know. But the people drove just the same way. It was like every man for himself. Even the, the motorcyclists would ride on the line and they would just dock to get under everyone, under everyone's mirror. But what we had done, we had uh, hired a driver to take us somewhere where my husband's family lived when his they were still in Italy and so luckily he drove and we didn't have to but we were just like oh my gosh and he's yelling and they're yelling and everyone just yells out their window to say here I come and so yeah but I had forgotten about that one so that was a good one it's a good mem memory but luckily we live to tell the story through it yeah yes terrifying drive story uh a friend of mine borrowed his mom's Mustang when I was like a teenager and we were going down a country road and he decides to see how fast it could go. And it was those 5.0 Mustangs and we were doing 140 miles per hour down a, you know, a two lane road. And I thought we were going to die. I did not like it. <laughs> you were out of control right there. That was, you were a passenger. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, the next question is, share a storm that you're currently in or one you've gone through. Storm we're currently in. I, I guess I'll share. Um, yeah. I feel like I'm in a few of them right now, but uh, I guess the one the one that keeps coming to mind the most is just the whole um, the whole storm of our culture uh, and the different sides that there are that we have and how that's even in um, our family that that is dividing people and uh, just navigating that and so I just keep inviting God you know, into that and into the conversations. And uh, it's just, it's, it's difficult. There's not, there's, yeah, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. so. What was the, what was the other question of it? That's the storm. Is there something else about um, or one you've gone through. Okay. A current one or a, one in the past. That is, that's the current one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's hard. Yeah. For me, I think I would, I got in right the, the last year has definitely been a storm, right? With COVID and um, in the world and in my world. But the one that came to my mind when I was even kind of thinking about it was some of Carmel's health issues. It was when mm -hmm. she was having these migraines and, and, and blacking out. Right? And it just, 
it's not being stable. And it was such a storm because there was no answer. Yeah. Right. And it just kept happening. So um, I could do nothing. Right. Now it's a storm. For sure. Hmm. Is this me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't really, other than the uh, COVID, because I have 10 grandchildren and only a couple of them have been um, vaccinated. And so like Easter was three family. <laughs> it was like one for breakfast, one for dinner, one for evening sitting. I don't know. And you know, I, they're kind of like, well, did they just not like us? I said, you know, I mean, like one has their kids are 10 and seven. So it's going to be a while. And the other ones are 15 and 13, which may be soon. And then my other one, the one that haven't been vaccinated are 14 and 11. So it's, the families can't be together. So that's not too bad unless it's a holiday. So that's all. I think it, it just, it would be nice to see all of them. And I'm hoping by summer that'll happen because it does, my son has a um, built-in pool and so that seems to be our gathering place where you don't really need to mingle. <laughs> you just, kids are in and out of the pool and there's chips and pop everywhere. You know, it, it's a really good casual get together. But with a holiday, I mean, you're all in the same house. Well, we were, but it was just a funny kind of, you had kind of had to have meals and all that. So I would say it's just the COVID. And because so many of mine have just not had their, I have three in college, they will have had three or two. So those are good. So that's all. That's for me. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate to all that with uh, Easter. My, my storm at the moment really is teaching in the pandemic. My, um, some days I'd, I feel like, I got this, it's fine. And other days I feel like I am drowning. It's really hard. And and um, and I, I was sort of convicted by Bo's comment today that Jonah was not praying because I feel like my, my response in the storm is always work harder, do more, keep pressing on, right? It's, it's, that's how I feel like my, my response is always that. Like I can, I can continue to do more and just kind of persevere and, and um, like that instead of praying that God would provide because he does. He always does. And just, just yesterday I was making these, and I thought about it too late to share during testimony time, but just yesterday I was making these little goodie bags for my students who are going to be taking this big exam on May the 4th. And so the goal is to get a, a score of a five on the exam and Robbie's eating the take five gum that I put in the goodie bags. There was an extra one for him and these take five candies. And because it's on May 4th, I had this goofy, um, um, Star Wars character in the goodie bag. And it meant was, may the fourth be with you. Yes. And so I wrote a note to my students and my in-person kids, I'm going to get, deliver them tomorrow. And my virtual kids, I delivered them yesterday to their home. I just dropped them on their porch and then sent them a texting. I dropped it off. And every single one of those kids who got it on the porch 
emailed me back and thanked me. And I was so touched that they even were touched that I was just doing this tiny thing, right? And the clerk at Target, like, was sort of puzzled by my purchases. And I don't know how it came up, but I told her what I was doing. And she said, God bless you, teachers. And I was just like, okay, there is like grace for me in these really unexpected ways. If I just open my eyes to see it instead of looking for the way I want to see it. So, um, Anyway, I think I jumped ahead on the whole the whole story piece, but I, I feel like that really that what the what the speakers were talking about today too, like you have in your head, this is how it's going to go, and then it doesn't go like that at all. But yet God is in the midst of that other way too. So that's great. It's a cool story. Okay, so the next question, I guess I kind of jumped ahead, was what were your responses in the storm? And then, you know, fight or flight, angry, get yell and cry, sleep, pray. What are your responses? So I think that's what I answer that. Maybe someone else can talk. I was, um, I, I, I relate a ton to that because I think that's what, Chris, when you were kind of mentioning it too, because I think when Carmel was going through that, it was kind of like, I just want to get through this. This will go away, right? This is going to go away. Put your head down, let right illnesses come, illnesses go, you go to the doctors, you do this. And I was like, let's just get through it, let's get through it, let's get through it, let's get through it. Um, and I remember, and I was really kind of avoiding, right? And it was it was revealing my helplessness. And I wasn't, I remember going to lunch with a friend, and I was like, I haven't asked God to heal her. I'm not, I'm not praying for this. Right. And it was just really interesting. Right. Yeah. I have those moments where I'm just like, hey, nobody else can help. I'm going to go to all those things first. Right. <laughs> and they can't help. And then so the last resort is like, OK, um, God, uh, <laughs> you know, right. And it just sort of. Uh, but I remember almost just like speaking that out loud. I think I was kind of embarrassed by it for whatever reason. But it was really an invitation. Right. It was really God's grace to being like, yeah, ask me. Right. Let me help. So. I just have a comment, Bo, what you just said. When I have used the phrase, all we can do is pray. And yet, like something out of control. I don't know, someone in the hospital or something. And we'll say, well, there's nothing else to do but pray. <laughs> and you think, but that's, a, that's kind of the wrong way. How about we all pray <laughs> and then see what real thing. And again, like you, I've said that and I'm thinking, wait a minute that's that's not in the right order that should be first it's over yeah. yep you know as i think about this i think about um everything that we went through um with the demise of the marriage and everything and i think of uh how um I didn't know how I would get through anything. And uh, it was just God, my relationship with God and others encouraging me that got me through. I, I don't I don't know what, I don't know. So is that relationship and just trying to keep God um, in my thoughts um, all the time, as much as I can. That, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. 
I, I'm conscious when I when I walk away from him and I'm and I'm not I'm not conscious of him. And so um, I try to be, you know, reminded and be in touch with him, talking to him as much as I can. The thing about the COVID, uh, the only thing we came came up with was meeting them outside, not on Easter, but just different times they would pull up and they would get out of the car and we're hi. And we just chit chat, you know, from one in the on the driveway or something like that. We'd bring out winter coats and just stand there. So there really wasn't anything. The prayers are definitely out there, but I'm not the only one, I'm sure. But I don't think God is ready to let it go. So I think we just are entrenched in it for a while. Mm-hmm. One thing in my family it, that it's kind of been a plus about not being able to see my parents like I normally would is I talk to my mom every day now and I never I never used to like now I make up every day if she hasn't called me I call her and so I feel like that's been a good thing of this to sort of push me into to doing that. Um, I think that the next question is, how are people around you responding in the midst of the storm that you've been talking about? For me, they're trying to help in some way, right? But they didn't know what to do either. Right, I think that they're pre- I mean, they're loving us, right? Because that's what you do, right? When people are in storms, you just love them, right? You come near and. But I feel like so a number of people are my brothers and sisters in the faith, right? Knew to pray and come here, but the people. Um, it's really interesting, right? You had the one people who are just going to continue to suggest more and more kind of options to get through it, like medical options. Have you investigated this? I'll tell you what, when you're in a storm and you've been in it and you continue doing the last thing you want to do is like, hey, have you heard of this kind of therapy? Have you thought about this? Have you gone to that? Have you got right? There's just more um, suggestions. And that that was that would wear you out, right? But some would pray, right? They would they would love, right? And and then just bring food and It's going to close in 60 seconds. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> nice so um, nice is there anything? Everybody. Yeah. Sorry, I missed, I missed what you said, Ken. No, I just said it was nice talking with everybody. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the other questions to just sort of think through, you know, as you we go on about this is, what is God inviting us to in the midst of the storm? Like, are there, are there things, God, what is God teaching you? And I think, I think, just sort of pausing to reflect on that is helpful in my own life, you know, to just think about what God is teaching me in the midst of this storm and, you know, how we can, what God is saying to us. Why? 
Oh, she does. Thank you, Chris, for leading us. Bye bye. Thanks, Chris. We're going to get hey, kicked welcome. out in three seconds. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Nate's going to grab this here. Yeah, everyone's coming back. I just wanted to do the little blessing on us before we end our time. Hopefully your uh, time in your breakout discussions was as wonderful as mine was. Hearing everyone processing um, is just helpful. And it ma made me think about the importance of um, when we're in the spot where we don't have faith when we recognize that we don't have hope or we don't see the way forward uh we we can't fathom how an outcome is going to be different than the negative storyline that we keep telling ourselves um that that really that is the invitation to um lean into the family um, the family of God, and that in that others then are able to leverage their faith for us where we're lacking. They're able to leverage their hope for us where we've experienced a negative storyline in the past. Um, they're able to lock shields around us as the enemy is always prowling like the hungry lion looking for the weakling in the group to pull down. And so uh, my heart was encouraged from my group. Uh, um, I hope that yours was as well. And so um, if you had a good experience with that, please tell a friend because they might have been afraid and signed off early. So Norm, I see your thumbs up. So tell your friends. So this is the, this is the blessing. It says, may the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever God may send you. So as you go into your week, may the peace of Christ go with you wherever God may send you. May God guide you through the wilderness and protect you in your storm. So whatever storm you're in, may you experience the protection of God. May God bring you back rejoicing at the wonders that God's shown you. And may God bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors whether those are virtual doors and Lord, please let it be real doors soon. I'm lamenting and that we would have that joy of community and of togetherness. And so I thank you all um, for who facilitated today and those who participated that we could experience some of that togetherness, even if it's through our computer screens. So Lord bless you and we'll open up um, the un we'll unmute everyone if you want to chat and say hi to each other. So bless you this week. Thank you.